Hey, you busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. I want to talk about perspectives. Yeah, perspective. So my husband and I were talking yesterday, and I was having an unveiled moment with him. And I was just simply like, man, you know, I really love your calling on, you know, your life. Um, because if you don't remember, my husband is called, he's an ordained minister. He's called to open up a church and start one from scratch and do all these wonderful things in the kingdom. And I was just like, man, what a awesome calling to have. You know, it's clear what you need to do. It's very, you know, point A, point B, you know, this is a linear steppage to me of what to do next. And I just love the fact that he wakes up every day um, as he's working on the church portion of opening it up. He's also in his current profession. He loves what he does. And so I was just like, you know, you get to wake up and do what you love as you're working on the calling of your life, which you, you know, which you also love. And I was just like, that is just so amazing to have. And then here I am, you know, flip screen. Um, pursuing something that has never been done um you know I just have this bold awesome idea that I am going to encourage people and uplift them and give them the positivity that is so depleted in this world and I'm going to do it with my voice with my words with God using me as a vessel and oftentimes that seems really really ant-sized to the astronomical size of the world and I think oftentimes what we do which is what I did is we look at someone else's and we go yours is better right or yours makes more sense because you know my husband is his closest friend was the pastor who married us I mean seriously if it's not all the way outlined right and he's pastored before so you know he kind of he has this under, to me, he's been able to walk in it, even if it wasn't the path that was going to lead to what God called, he was able to get some practice in, right? And so he was like, what? Is that what you see? Can I tell you how I see your calling? And I'm like, okay, <laughs> if you want to. And when he gave his perspective on mine, he's like, everything you touch goes to platinum, like God literally places you, you have an idea, you pursue it, it manifests greatness. In anything you do, God touches. And I would just love to know, he's like the church thing, you know, I want to do and I'm going to do, but I have no idea how to do so. And so he's giving me his perspective and I'm like, no, no, no. So like for a solid five to 10 minutes, we're, you know, kind of debating each other, like, no, yours is better. And he's like, mm -mm, yours is. So that made me go back and just have a moment of just reflection on my journey, you know, and I feel like we all need to do that. So if I'm going to tell people to do it, I want to do it as well. So let's start from the Doremi of it all, right? Growing up, I absolutely hated my height. No, real talk, just rock with me. It was hard. You know, being 7-1 in the second grade, it was an adjustment period, you know. Shoes was expensive, so, you know, you're trying to find a size 13 on a 4-year-old. It can be a little challenging, you know. Um, praise God that I grew up in an era where we can wear baggy pants because 
yeah, them jeans need to hide those yachts as best as possible. I mean, the embarrassment thereof. I didn't get my first pair of name brand anything until seventh grade because my mother was just like, listen, I'm not spending mortgage on sneakers. <laughs> Your foot is just, you know, a little thumper, okay? I'm not going to be able to do it. But you know what? She tried her best, I guess, and we could just go ahead and move on before I start getting emotional and angry, and that's fine. Um, but isn't it just like people to always have a different perspective on themselves? So I would constantly, I think what really bought this disdain about my height is how it was perceived and received by other people. You know, there wasn't a lot of tall men around me. You know, I had a, not my family, because my family, we were just giants. Like, I think we are from the bloodline of Goliath, but the good part, you know, just outrageous, the men who look like trees, you know. Um, but it was other people, it was outsiders. So trying to be the tallest girl in the class, you know, how we did it in New York, when you were in your line, they went by size order. So I was always in the back. And I feel like now that I think about it, I want to go ahead and start lobbying and protesting on that because that really does bring some type of um, low-key self-awareness but in the negative light to a child. You put me in the back of the line because I'm taller than everyone? I mean, I think it should just be a matter of, and I get it from an adult perspective, I want to be able to see all y'all in one shot. You know, if Shawana goes in the front, it's a wrap for everybody. It's, it's a classroom of two. The boy that I can see in the Shawana, and that's just it. But I feel like, yeah, that should be changed because I think that's when it really started being aware to me because outside of my family members, we were regular. My height was regular. When I started going outside places, I was like, hmm. I loved when the um, teacher would say, okay, about face. I was like, yes, <laughs> I get to lead, you know. And I think that there should have been a mixture in that. I mean, put me in the middle. Or make three lines. Don't why why I have to always be in the back? But that's fine. I'm not gonna go back in because I'm getting emotional. But it's fine. But with the hype, people used to come up to me and they're like, you know, um, do you play ball or do you model? Like as if my height already predetermined what my calling was, right? And I always looked at those statements as negative. So at the time. I felt like if you asked me if I played ball, which in my opinion, in that mind state, I view that as a male dominant sport. So that translated to me as if you looked at me like I was Jamie Foxx in heels, right? Like you need to be out there with the other boys doing boy stuff because that height is only for a boy. And on the other hand, asking me if I modeled boxed me in it was as if you were saying your calling on your life has already been predetermined because your height clearly says you should be either a or b and that bothered me because my personality or nothing about me is box like you're not going to be able to do that so my wiring is i'm a helper i've always been prone to wanting to do that so I went ahead and pursued my degree in social work and all things in that field and I had it, it didn't stop there I had co-workers and managers and clients who will always say girl you in the wrong business you should be somebody's model you should be somebody so it just was this constant reminder that like hey your height um yeah, it's different, but because you have a height that's different, you have an advantage and you should be pursuing. So what I did, just to make sure that I could shut people up and the voice that can sometimes feel like, 
am I supposed to model? Because I can't dribble nothing. I'm not even going to try. Like the, I just, it just, I, I'm not fluid in the, I don't like the sweating and I'm just, I can't be bothered. So I went ahead and I went on America's Next Top Model. I want to say maybe around mm, 2005. I went there and I auditioned three times because once was just the, you know, okay, I went, everybody shut up. They was like, yeah, but you only went one time. We know such and such went on season blah, and then she didn't went into the Okay, so then I went ahead and went a second time. Yeah, but you know what? So I said, listen, three times a charm, sir. <laughs> I'm just, I'm going and that's it. And I didn't make it far. Nope. Might as well should have just went out there and bought something and came back. That's how fast that was. I stood online <laughs> longer than I did with being, uh, you know, viewed. I didn't meet Tyra. I didn't get to do all that. They had me in a room full of girls, and it was um, come up, say your name, your height, your age, and your weight, and then go back in the line. And so it was, you know, boom, hit those questions, boom, go back. And they were like, okay, going to call your number. And they called every number but mine, and I was like, oh, okay. And it didn't crush me. There was girls in there crying and having all types of temper tantrums. I was like, give her a pacifier. She's not okay. But it didn't bother me because I was just like, listen, I'm just making sure that I pursue this because I want to be able to say, ah, but I tried. When I was younger, I thought about the modeling thing. And the reason to be real honest and unveiled to you, um, the reason why I never pursued it is because it has such a negative connotation to it. Um, I didn't like the things that went along to it from the information I had at that time. The getting undressed in front of a room full of people, never, I don't know. There is no, oh, you get used to it. No, that's not my personality. Very much, um, excuse me, can you turn around? No, you too. Sir, ma'am, yeah, I, I'm getting, no, I'm getting to take off my shirt. Need you to, yeah, need you to. Can you close that door, matter of fact? I just Yeah, and so that wouldn't have worked out. People wouldn't have liked me. I would have been, you know, labeled a diva. But um, no, I just don't want you looking at my body parts. Because, um, yeah, it's not yours, and uh, that's how I feel. Um, and then the, you know, the scary things you hear in the back where it's like, you know, girls, they be fighting, and then they, they change each other's shoes, and then, you know, you walking down and the runway and shoes too big to you. I was like, listen, um, no. No, it got to be something else I could do. I'm not interested. Uh, and that's my answer, and that's how I'm going to go. But have you ever felt like you didn't like something about you, and someone else would be like, what? Are you kidding me? Man, I wish I had. It, I know it happens a lot with females. I'm not sure if it happens a lot with dudes as much. I'm, I'm more than certain. I mean, but it could. I, I remember. I remember one of my cousins literally crying to me because she felt she was too short. No, like like her tear ducts were operating at a um, rapid level, the amount of tearage that was on her cheek. I was like, why are you crying? First of all, please calm down because if they walk out here and see you crying like this, they're going to automatically think I did something to you. So can we just... Um because of, you, yeah, you giving me full combo, full blown out ugly cry, and it's making me nervous. But I looked at her and I'm like, are you kidding me? Your height is the cutest thing ever. I wish I had your ankle and femur limitation and capacity. And she was like, no, I feel like a little kid and nobody believes I'm my age. And I'm like, oh. and I look, I have the height of a man. 
You know, women are not, you know, in our culture, women are not supposed to be tall. Now, take into mind that this conversation is happening prior to the whole women movement and strong and, you know, it wasn't any of that when we were wearing baggy jeans. You know, it was either you was cute or you wasn't, like how you want to do it, you know. And even if if my teenage years was in the current times, I would have had a real struggle Um Probably not, because I think the slim and all that, um, you know, and the braces and all that, it's kind of more welcomed now. You got adults wearing braces and so, but I went through a lot of stuff that was pre, you know, existing with the whole strength and feminist movement. And so I didn't have a lot to lean on. Thank God I had a strong mother who was like, what? You walk with your head up. Don't let me catch you walking outside looking down. And don't let me, you know, it, it just was outrageous. Um. God, God bless me for even living through those times. It was rough. Yeah, I'm, that was just not a fun time. But, yeah, let's just go ahead and turn the page because that was outrageous. But, again, looking at her height and just seeing, like, why doesn't she appreciate that? And it's just to me, like, sometimes the truth is our personal vision gets a little blurry. And that's why it's imperative that the people you surround yourself with has like-minded vision or has a better set vision than what you have of yourself, right? It's super important. I remember speaking with one friend particularly um, in the midst of my prime and singlehood woes and frustrations. I was like over it, capital T on the it. And I was just like, listen, I'm just going to be a born-again nun because if I got to deal with the foolishness in these streets just to say I'm in a relationship and be able to post something on Valentine's Day, I've had to start learning to love cats now. Nope, go ahead and just call me Senora Cat Lover because I'm over it. I'll go ahead and start collecting them now. Currently, I'm scared of them, but I'll go ahead and muster up the strength because I'm not going to be interested but he didn't let my current view blind his perspective of me. He was just like, no, that's not, I, I don't, and I wish you would stop saying that. And you're going to have a husband. He was speaking stuff into me that, honestly, at that time, I wasn't, I wasn't receiving that. You know, he just was the man that God has for you. He's going to be this, this. And as a matter of fact, he was painting a picture of faith that if I'm honest with myself, I was very, very, very tuned in. It's almost like he was describing Disneyland and, and I never been. And I was like, whoa, he's going to be what? And he's going to have who? You know, because I had all these concerns of I, I don't deal with, um, with deceit on any level appropriately. I don't deal well with inconsistencies. I don't deal well with um, not having a vision and a plan. I am too driven to be next to someone who is just like, can you tell me what you want to do with your life a little bit? No? Oh, okay. I had encounters with people that I was like, if this is the selection pool, then I'm just going to, it's not going, I'm, no, it's the answer. Sorry. So following that whole woe and frustration, I then went out on an outing. I had some family members, my cousin um, and my aunt. And I was like, hear thee, hear thee. I'm going to be single for good. Just want everybody to know, you know, because, you know, when you get past a certain age, they're like, 
You Zayn, you seen anybody? You, yes, I'm singing you right now. Can we focus on one thing at a time? This is what my vision is selected on now. It's you, okay? And I would just like to focus thereof. Appreciate you. Sheesh. Because, you know, a certain age, they want to know when you at a certain level of ripeness why you haven't been picked yet. Because, ma'am and sir, this is why I don't come over now. But I digress. And I was telling my aunt, like, yeah, you know, I'm just going to focus on, you know, just my business and my money. And, and she was like, she shooed me away faster than a fly on a picnic table. She was just not. And I was appalled that I wasn't being taken seriously. Here I am telling my closest homeboy, I'm like, look, I'm over it, dot com, backslash me, okay? And I'm telling my aunt, listen, all of all people, you should know how it is in these streets. And I'm saying I'm over it, and she's just like, no. So fast forward, I, once I got married and really established that, man, I'm glad I didn't give up hope. I went back to those very same people and I asked them seriously, especially with my male friend. I said, how did you continue to see that I was destined to have that type of husband, that what I was asking for wasn't too much? What I, how I saw myself, um, I was seeing myself too little. Because, you know, I was saying things like, you know, well, I have, a, I have anger issues that I need to get over. And, you know, I got some trust, you know, issues also and I have and he was like it's okay and essentially he was just letting me know that God heals you sometimes through other people and that you are not going to be your greatest self and then voila here's the person you're going to marry that a lot of the times that the things that you need to unpack and heal comes through the safety of someone else loving you enough to help you unpack and I was just like how how did you he said to me, I knew you were meant to be someone's wife. You were just healing from previous inconsistent people. And I knew God has something for you. And even saying that makes me like a little teary-eyed right now because it's like, thank God that I had people who saw me when I was scared to see me. Thank God that I had people, particularly him, that continued to push for me when I didn't have strength to do it for myself. That is so freaking crucial. So I did the same thing. I went back to my aunt. And I was like, what? remember that outing that we had? She was like, mm-hmm. She was ready for me off the trigger. I was like, okay. Okay, you must have been, you must have wrote this opportunity down. Um, okay. But I asked her the same thing, and she was just like, I was like, why do you didn't take me seriously? Like, I, I was serious. I declared and decreed a thing, okay? And she was like, no, I knew you were scared. And I knew God had someone for you. It was, mm-mm. And she pretty much was saying along the same things. And I was just like, how amazing. How amazing. And when you think about it, it doesn't make you weak that you can no longer carry on the hope, the expectation the you know you you want to be excited but then sometimes you know the bible does say walk by faith and not by sight but sometimes that sight be getting real real big and you're like i can't see the the faith part is it's been minimized i need help and so i always think about the fact that as jesus was walking up with his cross right and he was on his way to calvary 
that he he couldn't hold that cross by himself. And so it took for Stephen to be called to go help him. And I feel like sometimes that's our perspective, right? I feel like sometimes we're carrying it, we're doing good. You know, a couple of miles ago, we were doing way better. But then a circumstance happens, the environment changes, something occurs to adjust our perspective. That is why it is crucial to have people around you that will help you carry that. That when you're in the midst of a business deal, they're like, no, you're better than that. Be brave enough to walk in there and ask for more. Or when you're in the midst of being like, you know what, I'm done with this relationship. They're like, mm-mm, because there was once a time that you told me this person was a blessing. There was once a time that you said A, B, and C. Listen, we're all human. We're not perfect. You need to be able to see this from a different perspective. You need to be able to call people up when you are irritated and frustrated, and that won't give you a, yup, and be on your side. You're not looking for people to be nationwide okay they don't need to be on your side all the time you need people who have an unbiased on no can I say this and I'm gonna say it with love you were wrong no I don't I, I can see it from his point of view I can see it from her point of view I don't think that that was the right thing to say and I know why you said it you were frustrated so what you need to do is go back and apologize you need people who are going to chin check you for your greatness you need people who are not going to just bandwagon with you. Like, yeah, forget everybody. And mm. no, you need people to say, uh, I know what you're declaring, but that's not you. Just because your finances look a certain way, don't give up your dream that you, you, you want to be a homeowner. No, it's okay. Then what steps are you outlining to make sure that you get to that? You need people who are going to push you. Because again, it could have just been, you know what? Jesus can't carry that cross no more. Let's go ahead and just set it up right here. No, 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 no. Sometimes you need a Stephen to go ahead and help you to where you are intended to go. So when you're choosing your friends, because you can't choose family, when you're choosing your friends, when you are choosing your inner circle, please make sure that the vision and the perspective that they have of you and for you is for your good. That they're not going to pacify your, your intermittent weaknesses. That they're not going to pacify, you know, your moodiness from times. That your emotional state can be ironed out just by a different perspective and a remembrance of no. There was once a time that you called this job a blessing. Now that you have a different supervisor, you hate it. Maybe we can do A, B, and C outside of just I'm leaving. Well, okay, can we do it different? Because this is what supports your family. You said you didn't want the job, that you had to drive this far. You said, you said, you said. Praise God for friends with good memories. Hmm, but I digress. But the whole thing is just looking at things differently. So I brought up all of that just to have a, you know, one, a reflection of my journey or a segment of it. Because having these conversations is extremely therapeutic for me. And I know that if it's releasing and unlocking some things in me, it's absolutely doing that for you too, in some capacity. You may not be able to relate to the seven one-inch, but you know, you may be able to relate to the, yeah, I've had people just give me one good glance over and say, ah, you'll be good at this. It's like, wow, you don't want to know my favorite color at all? Hmm? You don't want to factor that in? Okay, well, because people are going to always have an opinion of you, but don't you want people around you that you choose to have the best, utmost perspective and 
recall of you that can't be shook by other people who have something better to say. Because anyone who was in my inner circle, they knew, mm-mm, she's not athletic at all. <laughs> yeah, don't ask me to dribble nothing. I'll be in the bleachers screaming and supporting because I love basketball, but up and down, up and down? No, we're going to need more than a water break. Can we – when is lunch? Because the hunger, I'm not – you know, and it's just not my it, – It's the conditions thereof just don't suit me. Hate to be a little bougie, but, yeah, that's just not for me. So I want this conversation just to be a one. Maybe you need to do some reflecting and go, you know what? I need to keep such and such closer to me. Such and such needs to move back some because I need people that um, when my vision gets a little, you know, blurry, that they have the proper lens and the proper whatever is needed to clarify that for me. Or maybe you just need to go ahead and say, you know, live your truth. Because honestly, if I would have pursued the whole model thing, I would have been miserable. It's not my thing. The traveling to and fro, the... I can't eat what I want. The, I mean, it's so many aspects of it. And that's why, again, when you are true, I think when God gives us our, um, our purpose, our vision, our assignment, he really does give it according to our wiring. You know, I'm bringing out the things of modeling that's just like, it's not worth it for me. Whereas someone else is like, I'll do whatever it takes to get that because that's my passion. Praise God. And that's how you can give and take on, hmm, is this really for me? Because there will be no, yeah, but it'll be no. But the end goal is this, and I want this that bad, and I'm willing to go through the necessary steps to obtain it. But just having that reflection, you know, just makes me appreciate the people who saw in me um, greatness, who saw, you know what, no, there is somebody, you know, for them to believe that there was someone for me, that I will meet the husband that I have now, and none of us saw it, but, but they believed it more than me, because at some point, but they weren't in them dating streets with, like me, I was just like, do y'all see what's out here, like, I'm looking for a unicorn, is what I feel like, him been abducted if he ever did exist, you know? <laughs> but on a serious note, just guard your vision, guard your perspective on a matter, and make sure that the closest people speaking in your ear are adding to it because it's so important on this thing that we call life. As we journey this thing, we're really going to, even if you, because I know a lot of people, we've had tons of friends, right? You check any given social media, you have a whole bunch of people either following you, friends with you, something, but that's not the amount of people that you speak to on a given week or month, right? Just make sure that the people closest to you, yeah, that they're able to help you carry that cross. That when they see you getting weary, they don't just leave you and stand by and watch you keep dropping it. They pick it up with you and say, no, you were meant to do this. No, you were meant to be married. No, you're going to be a great wife. Mm-mm, that's fear, and I rebuke that for you. No, you're angry right now, and I rebuke that in you. That's what you need. All right, that was good. No, I feel light. That that was, oof, Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was one of our best ones. It really was. Mm-hmm. It was. But these conversations are thought-provoking. It's supposed to make you go, hmm, and do what you will with it. 
be obedient to that little prompting inside. And as my good, good, good nanny says, all right, I ain't going to hold you. Yeah, I want you to go ahead and sit on that because that was amazing. That was a nice little, yeah, that, those was, it was some nuggets in there. Yeah, God did his thing on this one. Mm-hmm, let me see what else he got from me. But um, all right, I'm going to speak to you later. All right, later. <laughs>